On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, it's been far too long since we dug into the mailbag. So we're taking questions from you, the wonderful listeners. We've got questions about what Scotty Barnes' next leap looks like. What would uh, Victor Wembanyama wingspan look like on any member of the Toronto Raptors? Plus, so, so much more with the wonderful Katie Heindel coming up on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, November the 8th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work no more at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, the Lockdown Raptors Discord server is the place to be with all the little sickos who love the podcast just as much as you talking about the games, talking about the rest of the NBA. We got our fantasy league going on in there, fake trades, and of course, mailbag questions. It is the only place where I'm pulling mailbag questions ever on this podcast going forward. So if you want your questions answered on the show, you got to join the Discord. You got to drop your questions in the mailbag chat. But please don't be like some people out there. Those people know who I'm talking to who uh, answer the mailbag questions within the mailbag chat and then move all the questions out of my reach. And I'm too lazy to scroll back up. Don't be like those people. But drop the questions in there, and uh, thank you in advance for for joining our little family over there on Discord. Of course, you can find the show for free on all of your pod- podcast apps. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, etc. We're also on YouTube each and every day. Please go subscribe and hit the uh, little bell notification button, and so you get a heads up whenever the episode is about to premiere over there on the tube. Okay, let's get to it on today's show. We're digging into a whole bunch of mailbag questions, as I've outlined, and we're going to do that with the wonderful Katie Heindel. Katie, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. I'm a bit tired. Um, ready to answer some cues, though. Are you uh, at least get being awoken by the idea of watching Scotty Barnes play basketball again later today? It's been a couple of days. The schedule's been so packed up till now that I haven't really had this sort of like sense of anticipation. Like, ooh, the Raptors are on tonight. It's a little treat for me. Um, I'm feeling that way going into Scotty versus Luca. That's going to be a blast, no? I'm not going to be home tonight, but yeah, (laughs) that's going to be cool to watch later. (laughs) Well, uh, we'll continue the thread of Scotty Barnes' excitement with our uh, first batch of mailbag questions here on the show. A whole bunch of Scotty-related questions came in, but one that I thought was really interesting and very, very ahead of ourselves and way over our skis, but I think it's a fun one for that very reason. Our pal Jeff Exelon asks, let's assume Scotty keeps playing exactly this well and this way all year long. What would you tell him to focus on to make the next leap going into next year, Katie? So far, he's, what, 23... 10 6 on like 61 percent true shooting he's got uh two blocks a game a steal a game uh, ridiculous numbers there uh he's shooting 42 percent on threes what else is there i guess uh- <laughs> yeah i was gonna say three-point shooting but i didn't realize he was his yeah. percentage was that high at the moment uh-huh 
like playmaking? I don't know. Yeah, just like scale it up from six a game to 14 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that feels yeah. comfortable. Yeah, like maybe play playmaking. It's funny, like all the things that I said, like, oh, I want him to be confident, you know, lean more into his physicality, um, explore like his outside shooting. He's already doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like hypothetically, sure. Be a, become a playmaker yeah i mean more <laughs> the crazy thing is you know i've been talking about this a little bit is like in the off season we were thinking about oh what's scotty barnes gonna look like this year what's the future of scotty barnes look like i thought this type of player was on the table many mm -hmm. years from now many moons mm -hmm. in the future because that's typically how development works right like it's kind of a slow build you lay your stuff in you do one thing well maybe you take two steps forward one step back and eventually you end up sort of around year seven kind of reaching full form i'm not assuming that scotty barnes has reached full form at this point but this is kind <laughs> of what i thought the peak of scotty barnes might look like and so it's pretty thrilling to see that uh you know we're, we're at this point where uh, he's kind of done all this stuff. He's checked all the boxes and more of what you would have hoped coming into this season. And now it's just like this um, sort of unimagined playground of potential skills to add on to his game. Um, it's been a total treat. I, I guess let's just like aside from the question itself, Katie, we mm -hmm. haven't chatted since uh, a, you know, a couple of Scotty's more recent exploits. Uh, the Spurs game over the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even like the Sixers last week in a losing effort, 24-8-8. and eight. Um, What have you made of this Scotty start just in general? Like how, how much has this sort of infused joy back into watching the Raptors for you? Like what, what's been your sort of takeaway here from the start of Scotty's season? Because it has been uh, just so, so bloody fun, Katie. I mean, I like watching it. Oh, it's funny. Like, I think my joy is more reliant on looking at whether these guys, when they're playing, seem happy. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And kind of like taking the temperature of the team that way. And I think for Scotty, that has definitely been more noticeable mm -hmm. <laughs> so far this season and, and certainly like folds into that confidence that I was talking about. I think for young players, so much of their perception of how well that they're they're doing does really fold into confidence mm -hmm. you know and it can get shaken so easily so it's been nice to see that be kind of back on track but also really telling to hear him talk about it like he's still he's been kind of critical of himself uh in like post games you know like he he's like not getting too far ahead of himself which is nice because i feel like that's what everybody watching is doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hence this question too um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool it's been cool to just see him in that sense you know be very present understand i think more intuitively what he can do he's obviously thriving in this atmosphere of like much more communication uh much more clarity in terms of what his role is and what he's being asked to do you know mm -hmm. uh, night after night and also to see that changing game to game depending, you know, on who it is that they're playing. And it's still really early in the season. You wouldn't really think, you know, not all teams are going to be focused on those kinds of like minor adjustments here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but he is, and the Raptors really seem to be and are like putting him in positions to succeed. So it's cool. Yeah, it's been a total blast. And to kind of go back to the original question from Jeff, mm -hmm. I, I think if I'm sort of looking at, you know, within this season, of things that can kind of level up even further than the level they've been at so far is, you know, I, I still think 
there's room for him to become kind of a cheat code guy in the half court. Obviously, the Raptors' half court offense has been very bad still. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of Scotty's damage comes in transition. And it comes as like a catch and shoot three point guy where he's kind of racking up these hilarious stats because a bunch of threes are coming to him in spots where, you know, teams are not exactly scared necessarily of Scotty taking those open threes. He's open for a reason. But as we kind of talked about on Monday with V, you know, the more he hits these threes, the more he maintains this like 42% clip or, you know, something even league average or above, the more that's going to open up everything else for him. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, again, that play that kind of comes to mind is late in that game uh, against the Spurs. Victor Wembanyama is kind of closing out on Scotty. Scotty pump fakes him out of his shoes and then just walks by for a dunk. And that's the type of stuff that's sort of like the layering on top of the layering that over the course of a full season, as you kind of, to your point, like making adjustments and kind of refining on the fly, um, you know, someone made a point in the discord about, you know, it would be cool to see Scotty play through the whole league once and kind of see what happens then as you know, the league kind of adjusts to him. That's going to be the next thing. Right. And how he can kind of adapt. And I think, you know, the three point shot becomes a, a vehicle by which he can get to the rim and Scotty Barnes getting to the rim is a Scotty Barnes who can be a cheat code in the half court because he's very good when he gets to the rim. Um, obviously, the mid-range shot, you know, that's, I think, probably more of a longer-term thing. We've seen it in a couple flashes here and there. He's not Kawhi Leonard or anything like that when it comes to that mid-range game. But, um, you know, that's going to be, like, that's the thing that separates every super-duper star, right, is are you a dude who can take the shots that everyone wants you to take and still hit them? And I still think the jury's still out on whether Scotty's going to be that kind of guy. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the signs pointing towards put a thing in front of him and he'll probably figure out how to do it. It's been really, really cool. Um, Katie, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some mailbag questions. Making Frankenstein basketball players. Woo! Spooky season's over, but not for the podcast. We'll come back and do that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app that you should be using every single day playing your daily fantasy sports. It's super duper simple. All you got to do is pick two to six players on your entry and whether they will get more or less than the prize picks projection in a given stat for them that night. If you get all six of those correct, you are going to win 25 times your money. If you get all six on an entry, that is amazing. Obviously you can do a smaller entry, two or three players. You'll earn a little bit less on the payout, but it's easier to win. Of course you understand the deal here. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that uh, includes things like, I don't know, Travis Kelsey uh, plus uh, LeBron James receptions and three-pointers made. You put that at 10.5 as the more or less. You say more or less. If you get it right, that is going to win you some scratch as well. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. That is incredible. Go right now to prizepicks.com slash NBA to use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Repeat, that is prizepicks.com slash locked at NBA and the code locked at NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy all right we continue on here Katie Heindel from dime from basketball feelings along as we continue your first listen of the day thanks so much for being here thanks to the everydayers and thanks for all the little sickos who sent questions into the mailbag uh we love to see it in there again link is in the description if you want to join our discord server it's free to do and it's a great little spot to talk about the Raptors on the internet our next question, Katie, comes from Psychic in the Discord, one of the guys who, you know, likes to make the mailbag question into chaos or the, the mailbag channel into chaos, but we love Psychic for it. Either way, the question is, 
Wemby has an eight-foot wingspan. What Raptors player would gain the most from suddenly having an eight-foot wingspan? Note, their height doesn't change. Uh, we're just making real 2K Frankensteins here. Uh, what you got as far as a uh, a player who could stand to have a Wemby wingspan? Are you going with someone who's already big, maybe getting a couple extra inches on that wingspan, or are you going with someone tiny? Like, are we going Marquise Noel on this? No. <laughs> Because I'm just thinking about balance, you know, being able to move. <laughs> I don't think he'd be able to really move too well. I need to see it. Marquis Noel. Okay, chat GPT. Can you show me Marquis Noel with Victor Wembanyama? Is that like a thing we can do? Um, it's not chat GPT. It would be, that would be like an AI, right? An image generator. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, AI image. You do this while I do this. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Great. Not Marquise Noel. I'd almost be tempted to say maybe Chris Boucher because he's already like mm. almost there. So just extend a little bit. And then for some reason, my brain is getting stuck on Precious Achua because I feel like he could just stand around the basket and swat the ball away. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? Precious with that wingspan is pretty nutty. Um, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Katie, I can't stop thinking about Marquise Noel with Victor Wembanyama's arms. Uh, <laughs> this is the thing I find to be the most stunning about Victor Wembanyama is like how far the ball seems to be away from him when he has the ball in his hands. Oh, yeah. It's Watching him dribble. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's so fun. Watching uh, guys watch him dribble and try and figure out how to pick the ball off him. Yeah. was kind of one of my favorite things in Summer League because no one can really do it. Sure. And it like changes... You can see it like in real time deconstructing everything athletes know about the fundamental basics of how they learned basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just so, I'm sorry. I can't get the image of get it out of there. With Victor Mbanyama's arms out of my head. That will probably be a project I spent too long on to make the thumbnail mm -hmm. for this episode. So okay. keep an eye out. Uh <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, another question from Psychic. It kind of maybe we have our answer considering we've talked about Victor Wembanyama here. Uh, what is your first? For, yeah, what is your current favorite league pass team to watch when the Raptors aren't playing? Another good question. Um, I think it's still the Spurs. It yeah. was the Spurs last week. Still the Spurs this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed watching them. I really enjoyed like I've said this before, but I really like kind of no pressure. Like they're not under the radar because of women Yama, but sure. there still feels like, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. They're free to experiment and sort of mess around and do what they want. And I always feel like the best things come mm -hmm. from scenarios like that. Um, the Knicks have kind of been another one. Surprisingly. Yeah. 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 They were one for me last year. Just mm -hmm. like watching a bunch of competent NBA players play competent NBA basketball is pretty all right. I uh, got no real qualms with that whatsoever. Um, a team I've liked, Katie, and I know this is like sicko stuff because they haven't actually been complete, but I've been really enjoying watching Kevin Durant try to make it work with all of the minimum contract guys <laughs> on that team. I don't know what it is, but and it's like not gone terribly well. They're three and four. Their offenses look pretty grim. Um, Kevin Durant looks exhausted and has to do way too much, but uh, there's something like with a guy like Kevin Durant who has kind of solved basketball just by being Kevin Durant. It's kind of fun to see him put in a situation where he hasn't quite solved it and he's got to figure it out with pieces around him that maybe aren't exactly cut out for the job. Uh, but he's like making it almost work. Josh Akoji looks pretty good. Uh, like he's he's kind yeah. of making it work. Uh, Kevin Durant rocks. I'm having a great time watching him so far this year. 
as well. That's um, just like a different version of what he had to do on the nets unfortunately it's very very true yeah <laughs> uh and a last uh, scotty question here quickly before we uh get into the break duncan in the discord asks because if you could add a scotty sample to the podcast's opening jingle what would you choose uh this is an important question it'll probably be one i have to be confronted with at some point as i uh, revitalize the intro for the podcast that has not been revitalized in like five years um but but katie is there I don't know if Scotty has like a standout quote just yet. Does he? I don't think so. I can't even like I was trying to think of this to answer it and I can't think of one. Mm -hmm. Did he have any like slagging comments against Fred or he just kind of like no comment a lot of that stuff? (laughs) No. Yeah. I don't think he ever really gets into that stuff. He'll just be like, I don't know. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's like a there's got to be some kind of dunk and call from Matt Devlin at some point. That's been really nice, but I do like the individual player quotes. We got to get them on uh, like uh, one of these, like I think Grady Dick's doing some kind of like Serge Ibaka esque type of show with where he's talking about clothes. It will not be Serge Ibaka level, obviously, but maybe you can get Scotty Barnes on there. Um, you know, I, I guess I wish there were some quotes from the Halloween party. Maybe there was he was doing like Frozone quips or something like that. I don't know. Um, where is my super suit? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I uh, we're, we're we're still in the in the the, the searching phase for the mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes sample to use in the podcast intro. I think it's safe to say. Um, well, actually, one more quick one here, Katie. This one comes from Stago in the Discord. We're going to get into a bit of a heavier question in the back end. We're going to talk about Pascal and feelings and all that. Um, But this one comes from Stago asking, is it time to give Javon Freeman Liberty or Big Ron a look off the bench? Yes. Which one? Both? Uh, Ron Harper Jr. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a Big Ron guy myself. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've really liked what I've like, what we've seen in flourishes, you know, from Mm -hmm. him, from when he does get minutes. Um, I think he, still manages to look pretty complete out of like Mm -hmm. that bench unit. Uh, The only way we're going to know for sure is if he gets more minutes. So yeah, I would love to see Ron Harper Jr. getting more of a look consistently. Yeah. I honestly think at this point, the bench has not been good. I did the pod yesterday about the bench. You can go listen Mm -hmm. to that. If you want my kind of thoughts on how it's being used, I actually think it's being used properly. It's just the performances have not been great. Um, I think the first guy that should get a look, might get a look, is Javon Freeman Liberty, just because he has a bit more of an offensive kind of upside to tap into from you know kind of what we have on tape from him. And I think mm-hmm. you know we'll see with the Malachi Flint thing, right? I, I think he's been one of their three best reserves so far this year, which is crazy to say. Maybe four best, I don't know. Um, he seems to be kind of one of the most reliably in the rotation night to night. You kind of know where his pockets of the game are going to be. It's been not great as far as just like the raw on off totals and stuff like that. But there have been a couple games where he's popped a little bit. Um, I think I think the Spurs game, he was actually pretty decent. And, and, you know, he's not being asked to do a ton. And if he's not being asked to do a ton, but can do that small amount he's being asked to do reasonably well, I think he's going to keep on getting shots. But I, I still think that by December, you might get a bit of a wandering eye. Like, is there more from that bench guard spot that can be mm-hmm. tapped into here? Especially, I think, as the rotation evolves and the responsibilities evolve. Like, I don't think Pascal Siakam is going to be this suppressed in the offense all the time. And I think we'll see more lineups kind of come in where he's the nominal point guard. And that might maybe kind of open up some spots for a guy like Javon Freeman Liberty, who's less of a traditional point guard, 
but can kind of slide in alongside a guy like Pascal and offer a little bit of offensive punch. Um, yeah, there'll be time for those guys. I, I, as of right now, I, I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to be against big Ron getting in there, but I am excited to see what he looks like on the nine Oh five. This nine Oh five team should be very fun. I'm really looking yeah, forward to yeah. this year's nine Oh five squad. Um, so hopefully you get some guys popping there and we get them in the NBA rotation a little bit later in the season. Uh, Katie, we'll come back to this side. We're going to get into a kind of big picture question here, about Pascal Siakam and the way the Raptors have kind of handled him and his suppressed trade value and all this stuff. We will get to that in just one second to round out the show. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in all the land. Uh, and right now, you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 100 bucks, 150 bucks that is, in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. All you got to do is make a bet for 5 bucks. If it wins, you're going to get 150 bucks. If your t- team wins, excuse me, that is incredible. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just for NFL fans. I am the furthest thing from an NFL fan. I couldn't tell you any of the things that are going on in the league, but sometimes I like to peruse what's going on maybe on the hockey market on a given night. Um, you know, Certain games here and there, you want to pick the San Jose Sharks to go on a major winning streak after becoming the last pro sports team in North America to win a game this season last night. You can go and ride the San Jose Sharks wave. Uh, also, the Toronto Raptors. Maybe you want to go put a little scratch down on Scotty Barnes winning an award or something like that. That is uh, the place to do it. It's over at FanDuel, so go do it right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, rounding things out here with our dear pal, Katie Heindel from Dime and Basketball Feelings. Uh, A bit of a long-winded question from Nacho Kitchen in the Discord, but it's a very good question, and so I want to kind of give it its proper time to sit with here. Uh, It kind of talks about Pascal struggling to fit in a new system so far. He's being asked to play in sort of a second, third, you know, tertiary role sometimes for this team. Uh, All the word has been that he's been a quote-unquote good soldier so far. The smile watch, quote-unquote, has simmered down. Uh, It seems like, you know, he's kind of buying in. The defense has obviously been very good from him. It's not like he's kind of loafing it out there. He's not pulling a James Harden. Um, And obviously, you know, the long-term future of the team is very much up in the air as it relates to how this thing's going to be built around Scotty Barnes. Pascal has not been extended. All this stuff. I told you it was a long-winded question, but uh, he's being reduced to a role player by design. If that continues and we don't find a way to maximize his strengths, not only will the front office have alienated one of the best team, the team's best players of all time, but now they're costing him money by limiting his on-court production. This is me quoting the question from Nacho Kitchen. If this trend continues, how long until Pascal asks for a trade, forcing the front office's hand into moving him at less than an ideal value? If he doesn't ask for one, is it is it doing him a disservice to keep him anyway? I think this is a fascinating question, Katie, because it kind of plays into a thing we talked about in the summer. Just the way the Raptors have handled the whole Pascal Siakam thing from the the leakiness of the trade talks in the summer to the lack of an extension to the selfishness sort of veiled weird comments at Media Day by Masai Ujiri, which again, I think were more directed sort of at uh, the team as a whole, less at Pascal individually, but still it was in response to a Pascal specific question. Um, All of that, Katie... You think there's something here with Nacho Kitchen's question about just sort of the the general crumminess of the way this is kind of played out and the way now with the way he's playing, like Pascal Siakam is not going to we're going to earn a max contract at this rate with the the production he's putting out there. No team in the league is going to go and, and offer him a full max, considering all of the financial implications that come with that. If he's a 16 point a game guy, 
Um, where are you at? How do you feel about this whole sort of conundrum and situation the Raptors have put themselves in and, and the way Pascal has kind of been caught up into it? Yeah, is that the implication? I just want to be sure. Is that the implication yeah. that they're costing him money? Is yeah. that they're not the team's not necessarily putting him in positions to showcase yeah. what a max contract? Okay, well, I would push back on that just being like that's not only the team's responsibility. That sure. also lies uh, within Pascal Siakam's own power. Sure. Um because his minutes aren't being limited as much as maybe his touches are, as maybe like the offense has kind of shifted around him um, and where he's kind of looked quiet. I think one, I think this is a little premature mm -hmm. <laughs> because his other, you know, as you kind of alluded to his other stats haven't been that sleepy, you know, like yeah. in that Spurs game. Yeah. He didn't get that many shots off, but you know, he had like a pretty, what he had like six assists mm -hmm. um, pretty reliably five five rebounds or something, a couple yeah. steals. Um, I like that. It's tough to see someone like this who's just been billed season after season as a team star, um, rightfully so. And then I think in the way that the team has talked about building into the future and and like wanting to keep him around up until this summer, mm -hmm. yeah, it's tough to see him to kind of t shift into a different role. But I also never, I don't ever think it's necessarily a bad thing for someone where he's at this kind of like new precipice i think in his career mm -hmm. to see what it's like to take a backseat sometimes right and not always be the one driving especially to facilitate growth in uh his teammates like that's mm -hmm. gonna be a given um he like it's you can't get you can't get everything that happened this summer out of your head yeah right and like you can't like that is the context that we are looking at Pascal Siakam in this season. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't liked how he's looked, honestly. Like he's looked, aside from everything I just said about him looking quiet, um, he's also just looked really unclear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that I'm a little bit confused about. Um, but then when he taught, like I think you also have to like trust and listen to the things that he says in interviews, you know, um, I'm not gleaned that he's really all that frustrated. Yeah. You know, he's called a few games like must wins uh, and then they did win them. So there's definitely leadership there. I think he's like, certainly has like a bird's eye and like overview perspective on what's going on, which makes me feel like there's been, of course, things communicated to him that we're not privy to mm -hmm. um, in terms of like the direction of the team and where it's going there's also going to be way more opportunities for him to sort of showcase himself as like a max contract player, whether that's with the Raptors or elsewhere. So yeah, I think it's too soon to say, you know, the team is screwing up his future yeah, and his opportunities. Yes. Of course I want him to look and play better given the, the role that he's like being asked to kind of shoulder some games. If like Scotty Barnes is going to be your primary scorer and, is somebody you, you're trying to showcase uh, in your lineups, but I don't know, like a really long-winded way of saying I'm not that worried yet. Yeah, I, I generally agree. I think it's too early to jump to any kind of conclusion as to you know what Pascal's future in Toronto or lack thereof is going <laughs> to look like, and what even his, like his contract is going to look like. Right? I, I think obviously they came into this season at minimum skeptical reticent to commit long term to him otherwise he would have signed the extension already 
obviously they wanted to collect more information and they're collecting i think really useful information right now of how he fits into a scotty barnes led team i think they are doing the right thing by having scotty barnes lead the team in usage and kind of be the dude through whom most of it flows because look at what the hell scotty barnes is doing right now he's kicking ass it's awesome um that doesn't mean there's not room for pascal siakam to find spots within this construct of the team to affect a max player's level of impact onto the team right i I think like i said his defense has been fantastic so far this season um he's been a huge cog in that um and, and i just think in general you know they don't need to see what it looks like when Pascal's running sort of these slow meandering pick and rolls. They know that that can be a pretty effective way to scrape by on offense and be pretty decent and create points. They don't need to kind of go into that because there's other stuff they're testing out right now. They're testing out the limits of Scotty. They're testing out the bounds of the, you know, the, the, the Schroeder yak pick and roll and building that chemistry. They're talking up they're, they're seeing what OG can do a little bit more. Like Pascal is the known quantity on this team. He feels like the unknown because this is like a weird, strange spot for him to be in on this team. And it could be that the fit just doesn't work long term. But we don't know. There's many months of information gathering before we have any sort of idea as to what Pascal can do and what his secondary role means here. But I do find it strange that we spent the last however many years sort of generally thinking, all right, Pascal, wow, he'd be great as a number two. Maybe a little overextended as a number one. And then when the number one emerges, like, uh, from the sea, like Godzilla, uh, we're all just like, oh, get rid of him now. He doesn't fit with that guy. Like, we don't know. Like, we have to see more of the encore product and more of the massaging and, like, letting uh, the coaching staff do the thing where they take information and then apply it and change things on the fly. And Pascal, too, to, his, to, to the point, like, he's got to be better, right? Like, he can't be dribbling the ball off his foot in transition when transition is where he's going to do most of his damage. He can't be... Um, you know, passive, right? As much as last year, I was big on the Scotty doesn't need permission to kind of take over possessions and be Scotty Barnes. Pascal Siakam also doesn't need permission to take over possessions and become Pascal Siakam for pockets of games. He hasn't done it yet. I think it will come. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's going to be a fascinating story throughout the entire season, no doubt. Um, it leaves plenty of intrigue. Uh, <laughs> any sort of thoughts on kind of my uh, long-winded spiel there? Long-winded answers to a long-winded question. Very fitting to end off today's pod. Yeah, it really is. Um, no, not really. Uh, again, I think it's also like, you know, you make a really good point in terms of like, yeah, just because one player emerges as a success this early in the season doesn't necessarily have to overshadow everybody else you know on the mm-hmm. roster because i think of somebody like og and Anobi too who's had some like fantastic games yeah right uh and like you know pascal and him know how to share the floor they've done it for years now so i think the same goes for scotty i mean the best case scenario is that pascal siakam you know they figure out how to share this offensive role uh, him and Scotty, and then you've got the both of them plus OG plus everybody else, right? Like that's a fantastic team. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's like maybe we should try and frame it more that way instead of like for if one person is successful, mm-hmm. that means everybody else has to suffer. <laughs> yeah, we, we we get far too sort of linear in our thinking of how basketball teams can work. Um, and look, like I said, I'm open to the idea that the fit with Pascal is a little too hard to massage with the other pieces on this team, right? Notably like Jakob Pertl, right? A non-shooting center. 
that could be the thing that is the death knell to this being a fit. If Miles Turner were their center, we're not having this conversation. I feel pretty confident about that. But Miles Turner is not their center. Jakob Pertl's their center. They're going to figure it out or, or have time to figure it out at least. And maybe it doesn't work, but I, I just, we're way too early in the game. Seven games is nothing. Seven games at this time last year, the Raptors looked like they had solved a basketball and were going to win 55 games, right? Like, th- th- this is, like, the early part of the season. The Lakers were 2-8 and eight to start last year. Like, th- these things happen early in the year. And because we haven't seen basketball for so many months, we just think that's the new normal. And we're excited to sort of analyze and overanalyze everything that happens in the first 10 games. When actually, it probably doesn't mean all that much in the grand scheme as to what to expect down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, there's weirdness early in the season. I think that's just a thing that happens and things will normalize, things will stabilize. And I don't think Pascal Siakam is going to be a 51% true shooting guy on you know barely 20% usage, uh, putting up 15 a game for the entire season. There's no statistical record of him taking on lesser usage and being less efficient in his career. It's gone the exact opposite of that throughout his career. Um, I would assume things will get massaged to some degree, if not perfectly. But guess what? You also don't have to have a perfect team all the time, right? Like, it's baby steps. It's working towards something. If your team's not perfect now, you have time down the line to make it more perfect down the line. Like, it's... We get too boiled down to, is it a championship contender right now? No, probably not. But like, give it some time and things change. The NBA is a moving, moving animal all the time mm-hmm. and things change. And um, it's a very dynamic thing to kind of keep your, your, your finger on the pulse of. Um, anyway, that feels like a good place to leave it, Katie. Thanks so much for hanging out. It was lovely to have you as always. Um, I hope you spend the rest of your day thinking about Marquise Noel with Victor Wembanyama's arms. Uh, no. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's upsetting to me. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll uh, promote Basketball Feelings, the latest episode of the podcast. I thought it was really funny. I had Jamel Johnson on. He's a co-host of Airbuds, also the Brandon Jamel Show, and like a million other podcasts. He's a really funny comedian. Um, we Sad Wizards about. fan too. Which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he like keeps it really uh, tamped down. You know, I feel like you have to if you're a Wizards fan. Yeah, like you can't get emotional about them being bad. They're the Wizards; they're always bad. Yeah, which is generally <laughs> what Jamal says. But we talked about the Wizards, the differences between WNBA, NBA. Um, also, like this link, this adoring link of like comedy and the NBA, and and whether or not we've lost kind of all the players who are who are quote funny on purpose. Ooh. I haven't listened to this yet, but I'm gonna, and you should too. Everyone, go pay Katie uh, money to be a subscriber <laughs> of Basketball Feelings. Listen to the podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean on the website. Uh, you can find the show uh, on Twitter, or sorry, on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. You can find uh, the show in Discord. Link is in the description, of course. That's where you're gonna get your mailbag questions answered going forward. Thanks to everyone who sent in mailbag questions for today, and we'll be back again tomorrow as we break down Raptors Mavs with Jamar Hines. Talk to you then. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye.